And before we get started today, because it is the last podcast of the month, thank you so much to my patrons that did make this possible. Winchy, Jennifer, Morgan. Thank you so much for being patrons and supporting this podcast for everybody. I know everybody who's had a stressful March appreciates it and you very much. Okay, on with the show. It's the Nightly Pleasures Podcast, episode number 311? Oh my god. Wow, that started off so strong. Let me try it again. It's the Nightly Pleasures Podcast, season 3, episode 11. See? Listen to how good that sounded. I am your host and the author of one of the pieces that you're about to hear today. My name is Jack. You can call me the Grey Knight. You can reverse either of those. It's just going to be one of those introductions. Sometimes Allie will tell me when she's editing, like, the outros. I'll mutter to myself as I stop recording, like, do I not know how to end my own podcast? And, like, stuff like that. And the answer is I don't know how to end it. I don't know how to start it. And sometimes, as you can probably tell, I don't know what to do in the middle. Okay, that's enough self-effacing humor for one day. I know that you're having a time. I know you want to get right back into feeling good, feeling sexy. Let's get you right there, shall we? A little sexy, a little comfort. And let's start off with a hell of a blurb from an up-and-coming new author. This is from Annabelle Lucas, and this is the way that she's going to describe the piece that we hear, that we're about to hear, uh, coming up right now. Meet Shane Evans, a dark-haired beauty, everyone's go-to girl. She's the office sweetheart, would never do anything wrong. She was all work and no play. Things are about to change. Enter Ryan Jameson. He's charming and sexy and totally disarming. Everyone's office crush. Their connection is too hot to take seriously and too impossible to ignore. Shane's been living in the shadows for too long. Working well past normal hours is about to pay off with a moment of indiscretion. And it all begins in the boardroom. Let's hear. Shane was usually the office's unnamed caretaker, the only one who ever gave thought to clean the break room or turn off the coffee maker. She headed towards the beacon of light across the office. The overheard lights dimmed automatically as she left the cubicles without motion to activate them. The darkness that lay over the office told her just how alone she was. And she walked down the corridor, the automatic lights were triggered, lighting her path. The empty office always felt a little too quiet. She strained up the small kitchen, putting away a few items and mugs, then reaching into the top cupboard for supplies to fill the sugar and creamer. Her evening ritual included making the break room ready so that the first person in, Ryan, needed only to press the start button on the machine. She knew he appreciated the gesture, and he did the same for her on nights where he was the last person to leave the office. Jane reached into the box of coffee and came up empty-handed. No coffee. Damn it. She and Ryan certainly weren't the only ones in the office who liked the morning cup of caffeine. They always kept an extra stash in the boardroom for client meetings, though. She should know. She was the one who kept it there. Shane retraced her steps out of the break room and through the maze of cubicles. 
She dreaded the walk to the boardroom on the next floor up. She'd have to leave the secure area of her building and take the elevator or stairs. As she approached the landing and eyed the dark stairwell, the decision seemed made for her. She did not want to brave the stairs. Elevator it is, then. She opened the heavy door and stood between her and her small office space and the rest of the building. Shane paused for a moment as she gathered her courage and dashed like a child to push the elevator button. The elevator engine whirled to life several floors down. She clicked her nails together impatiently and listened as it made its way to the fifth floor where she stood. Come on, she chanted in her head. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. She watched the numbers climb slowly to the fifth story. The mirrored door slid open with a friendly ding. The sound echoed in the empty hall. Shane stepped towards the well-lit elevator and caught a glimpse of a figure behind her in the mirrored door. Her adrenaline spiked at the small scream escaped her lips and spun on her heels, ready to run for her life. It took her a moment to register the grin. Ryan! Oh, my God. Relief flooded her limbs. She sagged against the wall. He scared me to death. Didn't mean to. Light danced in his eyes, his amusement evident. I forgot my phone. She swatted at him. You know I hate being here alone. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. He teased. I would have called, but, you know, I forgot my phone. He paused, glancing at the open elevator behind her. Where are you going? <laughs> to get morning coffee. We're out. I thought there might be some in the boardroom. Oh, nice. He nodded. Want me to go with you? She resisted the urge to brush away the offer, letting the words know it's fine die in her throat. I would love that, she replied. <laughs> would you mind staying a few minutes after so I can grab my things and we can leave together? He glanced at his watch. You know, I would, but I've got a hot day tonight. I've got to go, Shaney. Her heart dropped a moment before she caught the tease in his eyes, a blush rising in her cheeks at the sound of the nickname that only he used. His laughter echoed through the empty halls. Of course, I'll stay. Come on, let's get that coffee. He stepped onto the elevator with her. In tandem, they moved to the handrail at the back of the small space. He was so close. It was hard not to notice. Honestly, she always noticed Ryan just like everyone else did. He was hunky and charismatic, always friendly and helpful. The closer their friendship grew, the more she liked him. With a slight shift, she felt him lean into her just for a moment when he adjusted his stance. His muscular shoulder pressed into her narrow frame, his pressure calculated, intentional. She willed her body to be still and let a moment pass before she looked up, not surprised to meet his steady gaze. A spark of mischief shone in his eyes and she smiled. Shane leaned back and hoped she didn't notice how her knees trembled. Dark shadow lined his jaw. He had a long day, too. Shane wondered how the stubble would feel under her fingertips. She let herself entertain the thought for only a moment before she brushed it away. The elevator had reached their destination. She moved away from him and stepped onto the executive floor. 
The emptiness of the after-hours office toyed with her mind again. The privacy made this little field trip for coffee feel more like a date than a final task to be completed. Twenty minutes ago, she couldn't wait to leave, and now she was grateful for the quiet. Ryan's presence alleviated her fear from the quiet building. Jane pressed the large boardroom windows to let her gaze slide over the stately mahogany table. The room was formal, powerful. She pressed at the heavy double doors, and Ryan reached over her shoulder to help her hold them open a moment as she stepped into the room. She was aware of his nearness, his palms inches from her fingertips. The room was dark, lit only by a low light around the perimeter. Jane reached for the dimmer to turn up the lights. Leave the lights off. His voice was low. It sent shivers down Shane's spine as her hand froze in the air midway to the dimmer. The air shifted. She felt him behind her, his breath warm against her ear. He did not touch her. She held her breath as he stood behind her, silent for a moment before he spoke. Do you know where they keep the coffee? Ever on task. Yeah, uh, I usually keep some in the cabinets. She paused. Or here. Shane crossed the room in silence, acutely aware of the beating in her heart. She rummaged through the cabinets and came up empty. No coffee. Uh, maybe it's up here? She stretched up on tippy-toes to open the cabinet door above her head and spotted the brown packaging for the coffee. Hands outstretched, Shane made an effort to reach the top shelf, but she wasn't tall enough. Find what you're looking for? He was so close, right behind her. How did he get so close? In a move to attain the coveted coffee beans, he reached over her, pressing his body against hers. Jane tilted her head and felt his breath against her cheek. He settled the fragrant bag of coffee beans into her hands. Thanks, she said breathlessly. The next words tumbled out, spilling truth beyond what she held in her hands. This is exactly what I've been looking for. And wasn't that scintillating? Don't you want to know what happens next to Shaney? Of course you do. Once again, that was by Annabelle Lucas. This is from book one of the Boardroom series. That is an excerpt from the book The Boardroom. Once again, Annabelle Lucas. Won't you find out more? Well... After that level of buildup, I think it's only natural that we have a little bit of release. You're about to be trapped with a man who's better at sex than he is at expressing himself. No relation to yours truly, of course. You're going to be stuck inside and it's going to be trouble, so coming up next, it's a beautiful disaster. Baby. Baby. Put the book down. Come on. <laughs> we both know you're not really reading it at all. You are awful at hiding your feelings. And you're even worse at hiding from me in this room. We're both trapped here.
<laughs> I know. I know. But what are we supposed to do? It stopped being fun days ago. It stopped being something to joke about days ago. But that doesn't mean that it's not normal or natural. Everything we're feeling, everything you're feeling, everything you're thinking, I know. I get it. Because I'm thinking and feeling it too, and I can read it all over your face. And I have to say, if it wasn't for you, I'd be losing my fucking mind right now. Do you understand that? I bet you do, and I bet you're even a little bit aggravated to hear that. Because of course you already know. But if it wasn't for you, I'd be pacing the ceiling right now. I'd be... I'd be losing my mind. So even though we're driving each other nuts, being stacked up like this, it's doing me a world of good that I'm here with you. Cursed. Honestly, that's how it feels. Just to have saved up for this trip, to have come here, and then to have this be the outcome. It feels like it's a little bit cursed. Like, I'm cursed, or we're cursed, and I know that that can't be nice to hear. But you always said to trust you. You always said to say what I was really feeling, and that is it. I feel like we scrimped and we saved and we did everything right just to get here. Just to get here and then get stuck here. I don't know what we're supposed to do besides try. I don't know what we're supposed to do besides try. Just take it as, as, as close to as day by day as we can, because we're not going to be able to stop wondering. We're not, and we're not going to be able to make everything right. It's out of our control. But I can be here for you, and you can be here for me. We can get through this. We will. I mean, I promise you, I know how strong you are even when you doubt it, and you constantly say you see it in me, so we will get through this. But we can get through this together even though we will get through it alone. And I know that that means that I have to be... That means that I have to not just renew my commitment to you, but if your silence, if your worry, if your, if your sudden shifts in mood are any indication, 
that I need to do better. Because you're counting on me in the real way now. And <laughs> here I am asking for more. Which, historically speaking, but I am. When I went outside for my allotted exercise, I take so long to come back. It's nice to be alone, and it's nice when the place is all mine and you're out. Since I figure it must be the same for you, I, I saunter back. Today I took an extra while. Just pausing and looking, trees, birds, all of it. I promise you that I can keep stepping it up from here. Don't give up on me, okay? It's hard. The feelings, the anxieties, the doubts, everything that I have been doing to fight, fight, fight. But sometimes it's too much for me to, sometimes it's too scary for me to, sometimes it's too much for me to. And when I think that you're already at your limit, I don't know what to do. And I'm gonna mess up, and I'm gonna get scared. And I know that you'll forgive me, no matter what happens. But I don't want that forgiveness in advance. I want to earn it. I'm telling you that I know that I'm going to mess up, and I know that things are going to get rough, and I still think I can be good to you. I still think that I am good to you, and that I can be better. And that you've taught me how to be that. So, stop being fun and romantic and interesting days ago. It has felt like I am just cursed and I've cursed you with me because you've made the really unfortunate choice of getting involved with me and after everything we've been through, after the years, after trying, we scrimp and we save up and we get here and all of our plans are sidelined. I got frustrated. I got dour. I said things I didn't mean. It doesn't count and it's not an excuse, but I... I looked at myself in the mirror that morning before our fight and I said that I wasn't enough. And then I got mad at the only person I could get mad at. The only person in my life who's telling me all the time, day in, day out, that I am. And that I'm going to be okay. And that I'm doing okay. I got mad at you because you became all relationships to me. And I didn't. I didn't start that day with a very good one with myself. So, 
from the bottom of my heart, I'm sorry. I've had sullen days to think over what I did and why. I've had your forgiving silences and your tense ones. I am so sorry that we're in this situation. And I'm sorry that up until now you've been in it with me. But I want to be a better partner to and with you in this going forward. We're only, we're only trapped in this together until this lets up, and then we can get out of here. And then we can figure out what we're supposed to figure out with the consulate and go home. But I don't want that to be the end. I don't want that to be the last fucking frustrating thing about this that we go through together. I want... I really have examined myself this last week, and I want to step up for you. Don't you think that I could? That we should? And I mean, on the bright side, you've always just wanted to sit around and eat, drink wine. fucking sucked being so close to you but feeling so far away nothing to do and all I wanted to do is grab you grab a big piece of you oh my god ooh yes ooh ooh oh oh so fucking good. Mm, I'm gonna make this pussy come so fucking good. Ooh, yes I am. It's still my pussy, isn't it? It's still my pussy, isn't it? Oh, you hate being mad at me, because even when you're mad at me, it's still my pussy, isn't it? Yes, yes, and you don't even 
fucking have to wonder if that's still yours, do you? Do you? Fuck, 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 fuck. Yes, yes, yes. Right there. Right there. Right there. God, you feel so fucking good. You do. You do. You feel so fucking good. Hey, look at me. Look at me. Look at me when I tell you how good you feel. That pussy's still mine, and you still feel that good, don't you? Don't you? That's right. All the better because I'm telling you, isn't it? I'm your man. I'm your man. I'm your man. Oh, I love the way you moan for me like that. Ooh, I love the way you moan for me like that when I'm pushing into you. You love it when you stretch around me, don't you? Mm-hmm. I still take it so slow. It's slow fucking easy. Ooh, when you haven't had me for days. Mm-mm. No. No. I can't go too fast. I can't hurt it. I can't hurt it. Ooh, you always hear about men wanting to hurt their babies' pussies, not me. Oh, when I heard it, I heard it too bad to get back in there, and I need to get back in there. You think this is it? Hmm? You think this is the only time I'm gonna fuck you today? Huh? You think so? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. How dare you fucking give that answer to me? I'm gonna fuck you again. I'm gonna fuck you again. I'm gonna grab you in the middle of the night, because what else are we gonna do? And I'm gonna fuck you uh, again. What, are you gonna be thrown off your schedule? Hmm? Hmm? You're trapped in a room with a man who's going to keep grabbing this body. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're feeling about it when I touch your thighs. When I spread them apart. So I can rub the tip of my cock over that super fucking wet slat. Ooh, I can pound your fucking clit. Like a goddamn hammer with it. I feel how hard it is. Yes, does it sting? Yes, does it sting? You're so fucking wet. Mm. Oh. You're thinking those thighs don't feel good anymore. You're thinking those thighs don't feel as sexy. You haven't been to the gym. You haven't been eating right. I want to fuck you more than the first time I saw you. You hear me? Uh-uh, being pent up like this, being close to you, smelling you, seeing you, wanting to comfort you. Ah, oh, come on, baby, you feel this fucking cock? You feel this fucking cock? How hard it is, yes? Ooh, tip. Uh, moving between your lips. Huh? Huh? It's right there. It's right fucking there. You want it? You want it inside you? You're opened up now. You're opened up now. I can push in for real now. I can fuck you for real now. Do you want it? Do you want it? Oh, I don't know if that counts as you saying it. Uh-uh. Tell me that you know that I think this body's still sexy. Ha <laughs> ha, uh-uh, I'm not fucking with you. Tell me that you know that I think your body is still sexy. Come on, 
Come on, do you want it or not? Do you want it or not? You can look away, you can close your eyes. You are such a vain thing. Sometimes don't glower at me. You want this cock that bad, don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Oh, say it. Say it. Say it as I fucking pull your lips apart and slide over you. Slide, slide, slide. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're even fucking sexier than when we first met. Oh, why would you wait so long? Why would you push me so hard? Uh-huh. See how fucking wet that made you? Nice and ready. I know just what you need, don't I? Don't I? Don't I? I know just what you need, don't I? Yes, I fucking do. This fucking dick pushing in and out of you. It's going to bring you all the comfort you need, isn't it? Isn't it? It's going to bring you all the fucking comfort you need, isn't it? Yes, it is. 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 Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Aha. 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 Come on. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Come on. My hands under your thighs. I'm going to grab you. I'm going to pull you. My hands right there. Yes, 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 yes. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, see? Oh, see? Doesn't that make you feel better, baby? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You are going to be the only gal in your entire social group ha, who comes out of this kinkier than when they went in. So straight-laced. Oof. You are so buttoned up. Even that felt a little hot, didn't it? Mm -mm. I didn't come. I'm not pulling out. Oh, you get so embarrassed so quick. And you realize the sex is still fucking happening and you can't turn that part of you off. Ooh, you get so embarrassed so fucking quick. Ooh, wow. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. I told you I wasn't done fucking you today. And I told you I'm gonna fuck you again. What do you think about that? Hmm? What do you think about being trapped? In a fucking place with a man who's going to keep grabbing your body. He's going to keep telling you those extra kilos are sexy. And then he's going to pump your fucking pussy full of his cum. Hmm? Nothing you can do about it either. Huh. Uh-huh. Because he's so much bigger and stronger than you. <laughs> I will not stop it. I will tell you that I'm so much bigger and stronger than you as I slowly push my cock in and out of you. Because I am. Mm -hmm. You love it, that's why. You love the kinky talk. 
You want to be a good girl, you are such a good girl, but you love it. Trapped in a room with a man that can hold both your arms down with one of his hands, freeze up the other to slap your breasts, pull your hair, choke you. You love all those things, don't you? <laughs> oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do, if your pussy has anything to say. Oh, yes, you fucking do. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Oh, yes, you fucking do. Right there. Right there. Right there. Right there. Uh-huh. 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 Ooh. You think you're about to make me come? You think you're about to make me come? Because you're fucking not. You're going to come for me. I'm not about to fucking come. You're about to fucking come again. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Just like that. Just like that. You love it, don't you? Being held down by such a big, strong man. Oh, your entire fucking body is being racked into that goddamn mattress, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yes. I can fuck you and make you feel like you're jelly. Like you're water. Do you feel like water when I'm fucking you? Come for me, 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 come for me. Yes, 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 yes. See? I told you I'm not remotely done. I've been thinking about this pussy for fucking days. Ooh, when I'm here, all I can think about is being alone sometimes. And when I'm alone, all I can think about is your fucking body. And I know you're the exact same way. You love my dick. You love it. You love it. You love it as much as I love to give it to you. Yes. Yes. Show me. Show me. Show me. Come on. Come on. This is just fucking missionary. This is just me talking. Come on. Come on, dirty girl. Come on, this is just us. This is just us. This is just us. You want to tell everybody that you were stuck with me and your fucking quarantine taking all of my cum into your holes, becoming naughtier and naughtier? That's exactly the story that you want to fucking tell at the end of this, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yes, it is. We've got a long ways ahead of us. Let me pour my cum into you. Let me pour my cum into you. Let me talk dirty to you. Come on. Come on. Come on, I know I can open you up. I know I can open you up. You're gonna come again, aren't you? Aren't you? Aren't you? Aren't you? Yes, Don't fucking stop. Don't fucking stop. Don't fucking stop. Keep it tight. Don't fucking stop. I don't care if it's too much. Go, 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 go. Yes, 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 right there. Come on. Keep it tight for me. Keep it tight for me. I thought I would fucking scream. Milk it, milk it, milk it. I, uh, I, uh, I guess 
guess I went a little overboard there with the kink. <laughs> Since I, uh, was trying to introduce you to it slowly. <sighs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, I may have let out a little of my little fantasy with that. Well, it's the part where I keep fucking you and making you kinkier, kinkier. It's the part where we're trapped together for a long time, but we learn to make it work. It's the part where we're all alone, and it's so quiet, and delivery services are still kind of working, so we can order whatever lubricant, or toy, or, I don't know, piece of furniture. And then we can use it until it's broken. <laughs> I didn't say the last part out loud. About how I wanted to spend the next X number of days. Picking stuff. Buying it. Having it arrive whenever it will. And using it on you. I didn't say that part out loud. Golly. Well, it was on my mind. And I guess the question is, did you ever come like that before you met me? Because if the answer is no, then... You really, really need to see what I can do. So I promise I'm going to have a better attitude. I do. Do you think maybe you could promise to give me your three holes? <sighs> Look at how embarrassed you get. haven't even restrained you while fucking your ass in this room yet. Well, that's so strange. I, I wrote on my little list here that that was supposed to be a vanilla piece, but I guess it got a little aggressive. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I hope it wasn't too much for you. Speaking of hoping I'm not too much for you, it's time to answer some fan questions. We've got four of them today. Up first, Mingo. I hope you're doing well. Oh. Um, I have two questions for you. The first one is, do you have a bucket list for yourself? If so, and if you'd like to share this, then what's one thing that you have crossed out or are looking forward to completing next? And my last question. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say I'd have a bucket list because why would you put things on your on your list that you want to complete before you die while you're still living? Um, bucket list to me, that term came about when somebody knew that they were going to die. Um, I, I, I know it's transformed a little bit since then, but that's that's the origin of the phrase. Do I have some lifelong accomplishments? Yeah, traveled, uh, started my own business that didn't implode. 
that's nice, because I've done the opposite. Um, I, I did at one point say I really wanted to fall in love, and I do think that I have, and now I've tried it. Now I don't need to do it again. So those are some pretty good things. Question is, if you had to impress someone by playing a musical instrument for them, and you had the ability to play anything expertly, what would you choose to play? That's all. I would, I would like, I think it would be most impressive if you could just, like, pick up something in that room, like an ice sculpture. If I could play anything, that's how I'm going to play this. Because I would rub the ice sculpture in such a way that it had beautiful harmonics that were haunting. And be like, this is the sound of my soul when I think of you. You know, something like that. And then just blue man group it and get laid that way. All right, Mango, thank you so much for the questions. Up next, we have questions from, I remembered the name and then I didn't remember the order. Up next, we have questions from Calidite. Hello, Jack and ladies of the night. Hi. Hopefully you guys are doing well. Thank you. Given the current situation, what is your favorite meal to cook at home? Oh, uh, my favorite meal to cook at home right now is chicken and potatoes. It's nutritious. It's plentiful. I'm eating fresh potatoes all the time. I'm getting a 10-pound bag of potatoes uh, fairly frequently with my grocery deliveries. With the skin on, potatoes are, are so nutritious. We're, we're used to thinking, as Americans at least, that potatoes aren't good for you because they come in so many fast food forms. But generally speaking, if you bake and you have your skin on a potato, it's a really good uh, piece of food. It's so quick. It's so easy. I grew up with a joke with a comedian named Mitch Hedberg who said that he didn't bake potatoes because he'd just throw one in the oven because by the time he was hungry, who knows if he would want one or not. But the method that I use to cook potatoes cooks a really big one in about 40, 45 minutes. And so <laughs> I disagree with them pretty strongly. So it's always less than an hour. It doesn't take a lot of work. Chicken is so versatile. You can spice it and season it so many ways, and it comes out tasting different. So uh, it's cheap. It's healthy. I've been eating it through 2020, uh, eating it before I was under quarantine, and eating it under quarantine all the time. Okay, up next we have Faith. Hi, Jack. It's Faith. Hello. Um, I was wondering, what do you do to remove yourself from this, like, crazy situation? Mm. What do you do to relax during all of this? Um, I hope you're doing well, as well as you can be. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, that's all for me. Well, I guess there is, that's the end of Faith's clip, so I guess there is Faith no more. Pause for effect. So... There's a million uh, articles about what to watch and what to do and the websites to improve yourself on. And it took less than two weeks for the authors of those to just start sounding really crappy. And I think that's for a very good reason. So not to get too deep, but I'm a big believer in a concept called the hedonistic treadmill. This is the best way I've ever heard it explained. That is to say, if I wake you up in the middle of the night and I put you on a treadmill, and you're suddenly on that treadmill, and I set it to two miles per hour, you were totally asleep and stationary and comfortable. Now you're on this jerky treadmill. It's going two miles per hour. Now you're walking along. That's a really uncomfortable transition. But, you know, assuming all your needs can be met and everything, you would adjust to it pretty quickly. Assuming that there's no mortal danger, assuming that you're kind of into the fact... Like, you've been praying for me to come over there and yell at you to exercise for years anyway, haven't you, Lady of the Night? So, just generic Lady of the Night, not Faith. Faith is lovely. She doesn't need anything. Uh, but 
just imagining that you're not in any way afraid in this scenario that's happened somehow, you would adjust very quickly. And if I adjusted the treadmill down or up, you understand, you're very bright, that, that I'm talking about the, the metaphor of we adjust to what we're around. And the single best piece of advice that I could give you right now, if you want to listen to just one piece of advice from me, is one, forgive yourself. You're going through grief and you're going through, uh, you're going through grief, really. Let's just, let's just say that's okay. And whatever grief you're going through is okay. Yes, other people are going through more grief, but whatever grief you're going through is valid too. You're going through grief. I did all this. I gave all this up. I, I lost this. I, I'm uncertain about this. Grief. And it is so acceptable that you feel it. And I'm trying to give people so much more leeway and patience than I normally would, especially these last two weeks, because it's only just, I, I can be very dumb. I can be very, very dumb. It's only the last two weeks hit me how much it's hitting other people. Really. I, I don't know. I thought other people were kind of playing cutesy when they were saying it wasn't happening. I didn't realize that there was an actual depth of denial going on. And so grief, 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 grief. Everyone's going through grief, and that includes you, and grief multiplies. So just give yourself permission. Don't, obviously, don't say the worst parts out loud, especially to other people who are suffering. Obviously, there's so many tactful rules to follow. But on the other hand, your grief is valid. And when you, when you accept the relationship between your, your anxieties and your doubts and your pains and the current lack of control or understanding of the situation, the more you'll be able to push yourself into good and fruitful and relaxing things. Now, that being said, I'm doing horrible at this advice some days. Some days I nail it and I get lost in an idle game and I do really, really good. Some days I've sat around and just brooded and just read the news and refreshed and brooded. So, but here's the thing. If you're listening this far into the podcast, you're accepting of my grief too. If you've listened this far into the podcast, you know that I'm much, much more for fortunate than other people out there, but you're still identifying with my grief and my frustration. And other people well with you, the people who count, the people who matter. Your individual bad reactions or your individual sullenness or your, your, your lack of productivity in these times that is not going on the final exam. It's not going on your permanent record. That is not going to be the component of this that defines you. What defines you is what we try and do and what we embrace. And if you take that mindset, my grief is okay. My negative feelings are okay. Everyone's having these. I'm giving people extra allowances. I'm allowed to take it and give it with myself too. Take that feeling and embrace it. And then after you feel like you've come to terms with it for the day, for the hour, for the news, for the event, then you can go ahead and put it aside and try and have some fun. Have some fun. You deserve it. Thank you very much, Faith. We have one last question from 80. Hey, Jack. I have one question for you. Okay. Tonight. And I was wondering, since you consider yourself pretty shy in real life as Jack, and live hold up with Mrs. Kitty. <laughs> um, but you have also said that you really like the live shows and you like entertaining. Mm -hmm. And you're not shy on the server 
or on Tumblr or anything like that. So I'm wondering if you consider yourself more of an extrovert or an introvert uh-huh. uh, in real life, or are Jack and the Grey Knight really Dr. Chuckle and Mr. Thanks. That's a great question, Aidy. Uh, so the first thing I'm going to say, and I don't blame you at all, you didn't say anything wrong because I've gotten pushback from everybody, is I am shy on the server. The thing, the thing about it is, is you're not seeing the 80 to 90% of things that I don't say or that I don't feel brave enough or that I type and then delete. Uh, you see me when I'm in the mood to be social. You see me when I'm in the mood to, to lubricate. You see me when I'm in the mood to deal but 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 often I'm not. Um, now that being said, there is a totally different relationship that I have with energy, with with community, with attention when I am performing than when attention is being paid to me. Performance is my space that I make ours. I do not ever have that mindset walking down the street. I don't have it in a restaurant. I don't have it in a relationship. I am kind of anxious. Not anxious in the way that you would anticipate because I'm very still and patient and slow. But I, everything has to be right. I'm not a control freak per se, but I do need certain things to be met. Must be. I have a bigger list in the exact same way somebody with a medical condition has a bigger list of needs to walk down a street with you or to go on vacation with you. I psychologically have a list of things that have to be met from noise levels to how much attention what I'm saying is being paid. There are certain things just because of 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 the of the flawed tapestry that has gone into the suit of armor all right the the poor pink boy that was poured into the metal that fused with the armor and became the gray knight so so when you when you put that into consideration that there's that there's totally different relationship. The one person that's very famous, or used to be very famous, that I could evoke would be Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson was incredibly shy. He had total control over the world, as far as I'm concerned. He was so much more powerful than than, than military leaders and, and government leaders are today, right now in 2020 in this epidemic, as far as I'm concerned, uh, at certain points in his career. And he was terribly shy. There are stories with, like, Conan O'Brien where Johnny Carson shyly asks a young Conan O'Brien directions on how to get out of a parking garage. He was a very shy man. So, I am very shy, and I like to do performance, and I'm not the only one. Now, that being said, when you have come to see the Grey Knight... And especially if it's like a venue where you're paying money or there's an expectation that you're the client. Then there is a part of me that roars and comes to life and says, I'm going to use this charisma 
and this intellect and this ability that I have. And I'm going to make this my space for us. And then we're all going to get on the same wavelength. We're all going to get on the same place mentally and emotionally. And then we're going to have an experience. You came to me, and now I'm going to do this. And if you're, ans if you're asking, well, how the fuck can you be shy and do that? And the answer is, one step at a time, baby. <laughs> it didn't start with a sixth grade me pulling back the curtain on Drama Club going, Welcome! Welcome! I see a whole group of idiots out there, and I'm about to educate you with how much it smarts to look at my ass. That's not how it worked. It's a... Uh, <laughs> how does somebody ride a two-story tall uh, unicycle? Uh, well, they don't start there. They start a little lower to the ground. So thank you very much for all of the questions. Thank you again uh, for our guest piece today, The Boardroom. I know you're all going to look it up. Thank you to you. Thank you to, oh, of course, our super patrons who uh, sponsored the show for the month of March. Thank you again to all three of them. Uh, Morgan, Jennifer, Winchie. I know that I speak for everybody when I say I appreciate you. If you'd like to find out more, uh, the Patreon, uh, the Grey Knight slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. I had a little bit of a slow month, but there's about to be a lot of material put up on there. I just want to thank everybody, patrons, podcast fans, ladies of the night who have just sent me a DM to say, keep going. Everyone who's come out to the live show, everyone who's, uh, you know, just been great with social media since I'm not really all that good at being on there when I am lower energy or I am focused on a project. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys. This project couldn't happen without you, wouldn't happen without you, and keeps going on and on and on and on because of you. So thank you again for the questions. Thank you again to everybody. I will see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>